Hey everybody, welcome back to the 60 Cents Podcast, our 270th episode. John, it does not feel that way, does it? It does not. Definitely not for me. I haven't been around for as uh, long as you, but yeah, first episode without Chris. If uh, people missed the end of the last episode, Chris is um, sadly moving on. So yeah. Going on to bigger pastures for sure, and we're very happy for him. We'll still have him on. Especially if we have to talk about the Thunder or Nikola Jokic, because, you know, or Rudy Gobert. Pretty yeah. much any type of European player. <laughs> yeah, Chris will definitely come on in the future. But back to uh, our Sixers tonight, Lucas and I hold down. I mean, the main topic, right? Doc Rivers gets fired. The day after we lost in Game 7, a day into the offseason, um, Doc is gone. What are your initial reactions, Lucas? I, I saw it coming. I see. I'm kind of torn on this. Like, yeah, we we we've all agreed that Doc deserve probably didn't deserve to come back. But let's make it clear. I don't think it was because of this game and this series in particular. I thought he he coached very well. Like I said last podcast, I I don't have a problem. I I understand the reason why, or maybe I don't. I don't know. I, I can't read Daryl Morey's head, and we'll talk about some of the quotes here in a minute. But um. You know, I'm a little concerned. You know, I, I, Doc, like, Doc is one of the better coaches, you know, despite all of his flaws. Like, you know, I've harped him on his, you know, his way of talking to the media and, you know, lack of, uh, you know, not always making the best choices. But, like, he, he's not a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there for sure. Yeah, it's tough because. Like you said, I mean, I don't necessarily know that he meant to get deserved to get fired specifically off this series or this year, but you kind of could see it coming. Um, and that leads us into it's easier to get rid of a coach than players. So I'm going to give you a couple quotes. Just want to get your reactions. I mean, Joel Embiid, it's reported that he's extremely shocked that Doc Rivers got fired. Some reports are saying he might be unhappy. Um, and then Maury, when he was discussing the firing, said we're taking a careful process with the next coach. We do not think it will move quickly. We have to be careful with the process word, but it is true. So what are your thoughts on Joel's reaction and Maury's reaction? Well, let me just add another Maury quote real quick when he was talking about Joel and everything. He says, it's my job to convince him that uh, convince him the new coach is someone he'll have a great relationship as well. So, look, we knew that Joel was uh, supporting Doc based off his end of this uh, series press conference. And the fact is, look, Joel's had his best three seasons pretty much under Doc, where he was, you know, second and, you know, top two MVP cal- caliber player the last three years. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if Joel should have been shocked, but I could understand him being upset for sure. Um, so going to, you know, Maury's comments, you know, he's and it's the right comments to say, taking saying that we're going to take time to carefully search out the coaches and they're not going to make a quick move and you know they have to be careful uh during the process with the process but you know let me just say this there are a lot of good coaches out there and i, I did you read did you uh, read the eric spolster's quote that he put out today no okay so eric Spolstra essentially said and i'm paraphrasing here there's a lot of good coaches getting fired, and I don't like that. And he's yeah. right. There are a lot of good coaches, but at the same time, 
the NBA is considered quote unquote wide open with no superpower right now. Nobody's claimed the vacuum. I mean, this Warriors dynasty seems to be all but over. Um, LeBron James is not LeBron James anymore, especially with this injury. The Bucks fell in the first thinking round. That's understandable. Why they fired Mike Budenholzer? Like, I, I get why these there. You can make logical reasons of why all these guys got fired. Um, but at the same time, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm having problems with it. I, I understand where Eric Spolster is coming from. I, it, at least there's plenty of good options, which we'll talk about more here in a few minutes. Yeah. I think it's interesting in talking about this topic about, Joel being shocked, as we said, but when James Harden was interviewed after, it said that he said his relationship was okay with Doc Rivers, Mm -hmm. clearly not a glowing endorsement. And a lot of reports are that he wanted him fired. Some are even saying it was kind of either Harden definitely wouldn't have come back if Doc was around, not necessarily meaning that he will still now. So do you think that this is maybe the front office, specifically kind of Daryl Morey placating Harden? Well, you know, Stephen A. Smith, you, you watch first take, right? Yeah. Okay, so you, you I don't know if you heard the quote by Stephen A. Smith, but he said if if Mike D'Antoni either is a serious candidate or becomes the head coach, this was all about placating Harden, which at this point in his career, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I appreciate Harden for what he is, but this Daryl Morey cannot let his personal affection for James Harden allow him to make that type of move. Because Mike D'Antoni is not the right team for coach for this team, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, Stephen A said that before Molly told him who the coaches were. Like, she said breaking news, and she was like, Doc Rivers is being fired. And then Stephen A said that before she read Woj's next tweet listing the candidates. So, like, he was on this, and I am totally in agreement, like you're saying. Yeah, so is he Maury placating Harden or not? That's yet to be seen based off of who they hire. But did he make the right call? Yeah, I think we both agree that he, it was probably Doc's time to go. So I, I don't think it's the wrong call, but whether or not he's placating Harden, it will be determined on who becomes the next head coach. Because if Mike D'Antoni becomes the head coach, and they basically... Okay, okay, this is going to sound weird, but just follow me for a second. If Mike D'Antoni becomes the head coach, the Rockets, you know, core, you know, head head figureheads when Harden was in his prime over there in Houston, essentially traded themselves to Philly. And I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, well, it's worth noting, like what you're saying, Joel had his best three years under Doc Rivers, so obviously he's upset. Doc publicly said that Harden had to become a different player. Like, he had to facilitate more. He had to Mm -hmm. not be the guy he was in Houston, and maybe that made him upset, which, if this is going to work, you kind of want to build around Joel. You want to have the offense go through him the way that Doc was doing. That's what Embiid's going to want. And if Harden's trying to recreate how he was when he was his best in Houston, like that could definitely cause some tension between him and Embiid. So, I mean, yeah, like you're look, saying, I think I think we're going to touch more on the coaches in a couple yeah. minutes. Yeah. Well, let me just say this: Harding can't be what he was in Houston. When the Sixers needed him to step up, he hasn't been able to do that consistently. And it's understandable. Look, the guy played a humongous amount of minutes, had the highest usage rate, some of the highest usage rates in NBA history. He was the first player since, I think, Kobe Bryant to score around 35 points per game. 
correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Um, no, I guy, think, the, yeah. The, the guy is going to be a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, top 75 player. He's fantastic. And you could argue one of the best, you know, individual offensive players, not team offensive, but individual offensive players in NBA history. That being said, he's 33 about to be, he's going to be 34 next year, expecting you to be able to do the same thing that you did. Doc Rivers made the right call on making James change his game. And look, James, yep. took it during the regular season, there was nothing to indicate that James didn't take it with grace and buy into the role. So I, I hope that Harden's wise enough to see that his legs are not the same like they used to. And that's, you know, and they're only going to get worse from here. So I I hope that this is not placating Harden. I hope. Well, let's switch to, uh, let's switch to Doc. I mean, we're talking Mm -hmm. about him getting fired. He's one of the most well-respected coaches in the league, even though he obviously has some closeout trouble that's been beaten, like beating a dead horse, repeating all those stats. But do you think Doc's going to coach again? That's a tough question because I remember um, when he got fired from the Clippers and before he got hired by the Sixers, there was real talk about him taking a break from coaching for a while and focus on, uh, you know, just uh, media and just spending time with his family. I mean, Doc's been coaching since, what, 2001? It's been over 20 years, dude. And, like, not very many breaks, if any. Doc Rivers, I think, is is either in his late fifties or early sixties. I think he's in his. I think he's like fifty six. Hang on, let me check real quick. He is sixty one years old. That is the same age as my father, and I can tell you right now, my dad, he's retired. And granted, he worked on a farm, but still, like, um, if Doc took the time away from basketball, I would not be surprised, and I wouldn't blame him. Look, he's already going to be a top ten coach of all time. I, you know, he's, I think he's in the top 20, but like you could make a real argument that he's a top 10. I mean, he yep. has more, he has uh, over a thousand wins that only nine other head coach made have, have had. So I think Doc has done enough to cement his legacy. I mean, granted, not always, it, it didn't end on a good note, but he has a championship. He has a lot of wins, has a lot of regular season success. If Doc wanted to hang it up, he could. I don't know if he will, but I, I suspect that he will at least take a break, if not he might take on like more of a front office role. No, I, I completely agree. I think, I think that's probably his next step here. I mean, he kind of did it with the Clippers for a minute. If you remember before, uh, before Steve Ballmer uh, got the club. Yeah. Yeah. But let's go ahead and switch over to potential replacements. Um, in the article from ESPN talking about, uh, you know, Maury's press conference and Doc being fired. The list of candidates right now, according to them, is Mike Budenholzer, Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, and Monte Williams. Let me ask you, who's your favorite option out of that list? Okay, my favorite option is Monte Williams. And I think someone made the point that if all of them are unemployed, like there's some issue that they have. Maybe even Chris said, like they all have some issue. But Monty Williams is my favorite. I really wanted him to be the coach after Brett Brown. And mm-hmm. Brett Brown stayed one year too long. Monty left the year before. Brett was fired and went to Phoenix. Turned them around from literally laughing stocks to, I mean, a, a legit contender. And they made it to the NBA Finals. He was coach of the year. I really like him. I like his story. He's familiar with the front office. He worked with Joel Embiid here, obviously, when he was during this time. So, 
Monty's probably my favorite. How about you? So I understand why you're gonna why you say Monty, but I'm gonna make a couple counterpoints before I say mine. Monty and like Chris said last podcast, Monty and Doc Rivers are more inspirational guys. They're they're similar in that regard, and they're not great at adjustments. But my biggest concern with Monty is DeAndre Aiden did not want to be just like a utility, you know, like role player center, and that's exactly what Monty wanted him to be. And Monty was not great at getting DeAndre to buy into that role after that championship run. I don't know if that's going to work with Monty and James Harden. So I I don't think that's going to work. That's my biggest concern there. Monty's not a bad choice. He's in my top three, though. I'm going to go with Sam Cassell. Look, dude, I loved Sam Cassell when he was a player. Great player. Really good basketball mind. We've seen his player development skills with guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Tyrese Maxey. He's a point guard whisperer, so I think him and Harden will get along just fine. Sam, uh, granted, is close. He, he's familiar with the personalities. He's familiar with the roster. He's familiar with the front office. Somebody close, but a different voice at the same time. Uh, but if I, Sam's probably my favorite option, but I, I guess I would probably go Nick Nurse, if not Sam, if you want an outside voice, just because he's really good at adjustments. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would say Sam is my favorite option. I wanted Sam for the job last time around, too. And I still hold okay. it. Yeah, no, I agree. Honestly, I think I'm I'm in support of Sam Cassell. I think obviously the concerns people are saying he's in the same tree as Doc was with him for the Clippers, yeah, Sixers. Yeah. So so that, that makes sense. But I, I also support Nick Nurse. I think you make a valid point with him. Well, okay. So fun fact about Sam Cassell: before he joined Doc, do you remember which team and which head coach he was an assistant for beforehand? Was it Flip Saunders in Minnesota? Nope. Good guess, though. Yeah. Um, it was Randy Whitman and Washington. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like two or three years. Yeah. Crazy okay. stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. That's so a, that is what up? I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, so on this list, who's your least favorite option? I think we teased it a little bit. It's got to be Mike D'Antoni. I mean, Absolutely, I just... Absolutely, yeah. I hate it for so many reasons. Like... The, the main reasons we're touching is, like, it's placating Harden. Like, you are placating Harden, a 33-year-old aging, like, not superstar, like, former superstar, who's looking for, like, a four-year... He's opting even, out. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even make yeah, the All-Star that, last year. No, he didn't. And there's, like, confirmed that he's most likely opting out, looking for four years, probably, like, 160, 200 million. Ridiculous. And if you're getting D'Antoni, you are, like, that's a Harden hire. And that kind of one, I hate that because I don't think we should be placating Harden. Or I, I honestly think that it might be better if Harden goes. Like, I, I think we, we'd be in a tough position. But the last thing we should do is being like giving him everything he wants. Two, you're not, that means you're not giving Joel what he wants. Like, I'm sure he would still be consulted. But like, what, what is D'Antoni known for? The seven seconds or less Suns? You think Joel Embiid is a seven seconds or less offense kind of player? Like, hell no. Like, that's just, it's crazy. Honestly, it's crazy that if D'Antoni gets hired, I, I all those names when you saw the Woj tweet, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. And you're like, wait, what, D'Antoni? And like, I saw what Stephen A. said, and I couldn't agree more. So I'm assuming you agree too. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, look, obviously Mike and I mean Mike Budenholzer was like a close second, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Mike D'Antoni. And just a few points that you made there. Um, so I don't know if you remember this. During the process, D'Antoni was on the bench in 2016 for Brett Brown before he got his uh, last in with the uh, Rockets. Uh, that being said, so Joel has a little bit of familiarity, but yeah, you're right. Joel's not fit for Mike D'Antoni's system. Mike D'Antoni likes to play fast. He and he likes to play perimeter, and while Joel can work at the perimeter, look, I thought the offense playing at the nail or at the foul line is like the perfect spot for Joel. I really did. I don't think Doc Rivers got that part wrong of the offense. Playing pick and roll and playing Joel, playing through Joel at the nail. I think that works. Um, that being said, I just I don't think Mike D'Antoni, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would love to see Tyrese Maxey under Mike D'Antoni. That might be the only positive Mike D'Antoni because you know how he can make an ordinary guard look spectacular. We know how good Max he is. Um, and to go to your point, the only way that I would be okay with letting James Harden walk is, is, is if we can also get off Tobias's contract make, taking minimal money back because then, I forget who said it, but I re- remember hearing it on a podcast or ESPN thing, saying that the Sixers would have over, I think it was Bobby Marks from ESPN, have over $44 million in salary cap space. Because if you just get rid of Harden, you don't have cap space. You have to get rid of Harden and Tobias. Yeah. No. No. I I mean, yeah, we agree. Mike D'Antoni's the last option we should have. And I just think before we close out the segment, we might as well touch on the one name we really didn't talk about at all, Frank Vogel. I mean – I don't think it's a bad choice. I don't love it, but I think he's respected. He's a bet. He coached Indiana for a long time. Went to the Lakers, won the bubble championship, obviously. But I think he's a good coach. I mean, not priming for him, but I don't hate that he's getting interviewed. You, you wouldn't. He's not a strong enough personality for this. I think. Yeah. Like. To be clear, I think LeBron was the one that was really, you know, the one in charge of that that Lakers team um, back then. But Mike yeah, and they had Jason. You know, Frank, they had Jason Kidd sitting on the bench, like yeah. as head coach in waiting, almost. Yeah, yeah, and like Frank's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. He had the long stint in Indiana. He did. He did do terribly in Orlando, but like he had his ups and downs, and like I, I probably would stay away from Frank. Um, I think if we're looking at top three candidates, mine would be Cassell, Nurse, and Williams. And then probably followed by Budenhoser, Vogel, and D'Antoni. Actually, no, I'll switch Vogel and Budenhoser. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd have Cassell, Nurse, and Williams in a different order. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, but, we'll see. I mean, I was going to say we'll see soon, but it sounds like Daryl Moore is saying not. I just really hope it is uh, not Monty. Yeah, that I, I, I mean, sorry, not D'Antoni. <laughs> I was about to say, hold up, wrong Suns coach, wrong former Suns coach. Um, oh, look, D'Anto- yeah. D'Antoni needs to have a star that can buy in. We didn't, see, and it doesn't. He doesn't reach every single star. He couldn't get Carmelo. He couldn't get Kobe. 
He was able to get James and he was able to get Steve Nash and Amari. But like, Joel's not Amari Stoudemire, to be clear. Like, you can't no. play that type of system. Yeah, I wonder how no, Amari I... do in today's NBA. That's a good question. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess the last topic we got to talk about is conference finals. So, game one, at least in the Western Conference, is complete. We had Lakers and Nuggets last night. Uh, Nuggets won 132-126. It was absolutely an incredible game. I'm not sure if you watched it. I was – I mean, the Nuggets uh, were uh, – I'll be honest, I didn't. I, I'm, I was not intrigued. Well, the Nuggets were up like 17, 19, 20, 15, like up and down throughout the whole first half, just like really dominant. Really dominant. I think they were, I think they were up, 12 up 12 maybe at half. And then going to the second half, the Lakers just kept taking the run and coming back, coming back, coming back. And it was – I think they were down three with 45 seconds. LeBron had a three, and he missed it. And it could have tied the game and gone to overtime. Like truly – it looked like they were going to get blown out, and the Lakers really showed some fight, which so surprised me for sure. Um, obviously, Jokic had one of the craziest stat lines ever, like 37, 20, and 14. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what are your take on the Nuggets going up 1-0? Does it change how you think the series is going to go? No, but I still have the Nuggets winning it. I know you have the Lakers, but I just think the Nuggets are a deeper team. I got to be honest. that After watching last night, like – I don't know. So part of me would say, like, after watching last night, like, you got to think the Nuggets might be the best team, like, remaining in the playoffs. But, like, the Lakers constantly fought back. That was really impressive. And then in the second half, they put Rui Hachimura on uh, Nikola Jokic, and it really actually changed the dynamic of the game. So maybe they figured something out. This is all about adjustments. Darvin Ham's a good coach. So I don't know. Was Rui well, able to hold his own one-on-one? Like I said, I didn't get to see the game. Yeah, that's the thing. He was playing great defense against Jokic. Like that's that was the difference. And and I mean, if you could have Anthony, Anthony Davis Davis as a roamer, it saves him on uh, the defensive side. Yeah, no, it's a smart move by Darvin. Good for that's him. That's exactly what you're saying. Like it's like that's what he was doing. He was guarding Aaron Gordon, who was playing in the dunker spot. So he AD had the ability to roam. It's exactly what he was doing, helping on double teams and like. They're saying, obviously, the Nuggets are going to make adjustments. You can't probably do Hachimura on Jokic for 40 minutes, but you throw LeBron at him, you do put AD every once in a while. Like, could be you a little there, different. So. You have Vanderbilt, too. You have Vanderbilt, yeah. too. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean, so, he, when we played the Nuggets, we put PJ on him, and PJ really gave him – shorter, stockier guys seem to give Jokic some problems, which is fine. Yeah, so r- right now, the Heat and the Celtics are playing, right? Yes, so I was about to ask you about that one now. So the Heat are 39 to 38 or 37, I believe, on the Celtics. We are midway through the second quarter. Jimmy Butler's playing great. This one's in Boston. I mean, it seems like we were all pretty sold on the Celtics moving on, but I'm, Heat are holding their own, at least in the first half. I think, uh, think they might have a chance. Look, with James Butler, I, I never – count out the heat except if they're playing a healthy us but um look jimmy is always going to give any team a shot if we had jimmy i'm pretty sure we would have won a title by now uh, another conversation for another day i suppose but look this this series won seven games last year and i wouldn't be surprised if it won seven games this year despite tyler hero and victor oladipo being out jimmy butler's just that type of guy like you want him in the playoffs yeah, you do. He has the third most points in the playoffs, so 
I mean, there's just I didn't realize that he had been in the conference finals three last four years. Like that's crazy. And something like Spolstra has been like seven of the 15 years as a head coach. He's been in the conference finals. The Heat really have had a lot more success, I think, than I realized. Yeah, and here's a crazy fact. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, the only time that Jason Tatum has lost in the conference finals is against LeBron James. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, that being said, we'll see what happens. Look, this is going to be a dogfight in this series, and I'm all for it. But, um, you know, I think it's going to come down to coaching. Well, no, last series could have came down to coaching. And, like, Doc outcoached, uh, you know, Missoula for most of it. But I got to say, I mean, like, Eric Spolstra. I've said this before. The guy deserves a dang Coach of the Year trophy already. Um, he really does. Seven conference finals in 15 years. Yeah. Uh, always has his team competing very rarely in the lottery. Uh, I think Tyler Hero is the last time they were in the lottery, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah. Look. Um, and they're up against the Celtics, who on paper has the best team. The Nuggets might be the best team, but the Celtics on paper have the best team. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's not on the agenda, but I did want to ask you because you did just touch on the lottery. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. You you brought it up before I had a chance to. Yes. Um, So Victor Wembanyama, like, I mean, not likely, definitely going to be a San Antonio Spur. Thoughts on that? Look, I mean, the Spurs seem to get pretty lucky in the lottery. They got they got um, first the, the Admiral. Then they got Timmy. And now they give Victor or Wemby. I think that's what they call him, right? Wemby? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. look, look, if any guy is going to coach up, uh, you, you know, a big man with that much potential, I think, uh, you know, Greg Popovich is that guy. Now, clearly, Pop is not going to stay there for all of Wemby Yama's career. But for like another year or two, I could see him sticking around. Um they still have a lot to fill out, but you have yeah. you have Wimbanyama, you have Devin Vassell, you have Keenan Johnson. Uh, Ty, well, not Tyus. Trey Jones is a solid backup point guard. You you have some pieces there. I mean, you don't have Josh Primo anymore. Sorry, had to make the shot there. Um, but um, look, you you have some pieces and. I mean, you gotta, it's a culture thing. You gotta reset the culture, but you have two really good wings. Like, they're not all star level wings, but they're, they're, they're very good three and D wings. And you have a really good center. You just need a point guard that can orchestrate it and maybe one more guy that can really create a shot off the dribble at a high level. But like, you, you have what you need. You just need to fill out the rest of the roster. I think. Look, if Wemba Nyama is as good as we think he is, they will be in a playoff team in one or two years from now. I, I can see as, that. If he's as good as we think he is. Yeah. No, it was definitely cool watching last night. And uh, I I mean, I don't really care about Detroit, but my, as much as I yeah. can care about them, that's yeah, that they, they got, got they got they got really hosed. They were the worst <laughs> record and they got the fifth pick, which is the worst pick that they could possibly get. So yeah, I mean, it feels like it. I mean, it's a one-person draft, absolutely. But it feels like there's three prospects, like Scoot Henderson at two and Brandon Miller from Alabama at three. 
There's obviously the actually they're saying Brandon Miller's leapfrog scoop now. Yeah, so like those three, I seen like there's obviously the G League Ignite twins who are pretty talented, but I think there's like three legit, probably like yeah. A listers that you're looking at after uh, Wembenyama. So we'll see. I felt bad for Detroit yeah. in that way, but I don't know. So, exciting man. Hang on, I want to talk about the other teams real quick in the top five. Um, yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte lost out again on a top overall pick. I was really kind of hoping that they would get it because partially I want to see LaMelo and Victor, but at the same time, like, that it happened with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, no, Michael Gig killed. Remember when they could have gotten Anthony Davis? And then the yeah, basketball guy, yeah. Michael Gig kid Gilchrist, man. He, he lasted, what, like seven years? And I'd say he was, good in, he was good in college, but yeah. Yeah, just no jump shot at all. Um, yeah. And then we have Portland at three, which I've already started seeing rumors that they're willing to trade. And then um, who's four? Who was the fourth spot? I can't. Who was that? I think it was the Rockets. Yeah, your Rockets. Um, the Rockets could have definitely used Wemby. Um Anybody could have used Wimby. I feel like the Rockets are just kind of that four spot does not look super sexy, to be honest. Not at all. But uh, I did want to talk about the three spot because I was seeing mm-hmm. a lot of discussion about like what Portland should do with that. I mean, I think I agree with like the one I saw this one take that it's essentially like you really can't be thinking that you're going to pair the third pick with Dame and make a run that it's probably important's best interest just to trade the third pick or trade Dame because you have Simons, you have Nasir Little, you have Shaden Sharp, you, and then you could get a third pick and bring in an absolute haul for Dame. Like, you know people are willing to pay. So, honestly, you could really just start, like, a rebuild almost and, and get a lot back for Dame, and, and Portland could be good in a couple of years. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I kind of agree that they might have a better off, like, future as opposed to trying to just, like, pair someone with Dame and continue to give up assets if they just went young. Well, I'll tell you a team that you should – there are two teams probably you can look at for Dame. One of them is the Pelicans because they still got a few draft picks from that Davis trade, right? And they do have – like, you, yeah. could, you could try to maybe get one or two guys. I don't think – if they do that, they have to reroute C.J. McCollum somewhere else. But another sleeper team, now granted, I don't know if Dame would want to go there. It's not a sexy team, but they have a lot of young talent and draft picks coming their way, including two in the lottery this year, the Orlando Magic. They're a point guard away because they have everything else. I think Dame with that young core would be a, a thing to watch. That That's an interesting, no, that's an interesting one for sure. I mean, you could do New New York. Obviously, they they would love to have Dame, but I I think Orlando. They have two picks in lottery. I would not be surprised if they're shopping either to move up or to get a star because they already have a really nice core. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah. All right. On that note, Jonathan, this is your first official time as my co-host reading us out. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, well, thanks everyone for listening to the Sixer Sense podcast. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook at the Sixer Sense. We appreciate everyone listening. You can find our work at the Sixer Great articles going up. 
Obviously, we're out now, so there's going to be more interesting content outside of just the games. But again, appreciate everyone listening. And until next time, go Sixers. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.